Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I went to a leadership training a number of years ago that was run by uh, Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University, and it was uh, a leadership training on how to lead your Uh, lead your church in financial wellness and lead them to financial peace. And some of the things dealt specifically with finances, but there was also leadership training that went on that was very important. And four questions that they laid out that if you're going to be a leader, four things that the questions most people are going to want answered are these four questions. Why? Why are we doing this? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And who is going to do this? If you have a second and feel like it and have a pen near you, I want you to write those four down. Because these four questions are going to, you're going to see them riddled. The the answers to these questions are going to be throughout the reading that we read today. So the four questions are why, what, Why, what, how, and who? Why, what, how, and who? And chapter 3, if you've already read ahead in Nehemiah because you can't stand it and you just needed to know what comes next, you're going to realize that in chapter 3, you run into a buzzsaw. And the reason why is chapter 3 is just who. That's it. It's a list of names, who, built the wall, and where it is they built it. And neither one of those two things mean anything to you because you don't know who these people are. And, and my guess is you don't know a lot about the, uh, the wall of the city of Jerusalem. We'll get there, and we'll get to that in the message. But what I do want you to think about a little bit more are the two questions, why and what? Why and what? Now, what is a relatively easy question to answer? And so if you were to ask me, what are you going to do today? I can tell you that because I already have it all laid out, what my Sunday looks like. My what, it starts 5 a.m. with the message. What, setup starts at 6.30. What, uh, we have a 8.30 meeting where we get together as a worship team. What, 9 o'clock service. What, 11 o'clock service. Uh, what, takedown from 12.30 to 1 o'clock. What, Bible class after that from 2 to 3.30. This is the truth that you're going to find out. What fills your calendar? If you want to know what's going on, just look at your calendar, and and that will let you know what is going on. What is relatively easy to answer? Why is much more difficult? And and I'm going to argue it's more important, or or definitely the most important of all of these. They're all important, but why? Because if you don't get why right, the what is going to dry up. And the, the what is going to become a dredge, drudgery to you and wear you out. So why am I up here today? Why am I up here preaching? Dan, why are you here? Because it's my job. Really. 
That's why you're up here. Why am I up here? Because there's a nine o'clock and 11 o'clock service, and if I'm not up here, uh, no one else is going to do it. Shoot, Pastor Chris is here, can't use that why anymore. But when you think about why, but why? Well, because we have a message series called Leading God's Way, and why is because we have the next message in the series. Really, that's why. Well, no, the reason why is because that's what pastors do, right? That's what we do is we get up on Sundays and we preach messages. That's why. And I'm going to tell you that on, on some Sundays, that is why. <laughs> and on those Sundays, there's a misery inside of me. And, and this comes and becomes work to me. So how about the next why? Why? Because I'm gifted to do this. This is what I'm called to do, that when I do this, I'm in my element. I love this. I love my job. I love what I do. Really? That's why. And to the extent that I come up with all these whys that maybe are contributing whys, that unless I find the true why, not from inside of me, but from outside of me, a why that God gives, why am I here today? to declare the wonderful praises of him who called me out of darkness into his wonderful light. That makes me want to get out of bed. That makes me uh, wish that maybe we could cut one more song out so I could get up here sooner so that I can tell you about a wonderful God. Okay, we're not cutting any songs. (laughs) I want to tell you about the father who, who made me about the Son who saved me. I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit who not only comes and works through the power of his word but has has taken his dwelling inside of me so that I am a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. That the why here today is because I want this text and this portion of God's word that I've had the privilege of pouring over over this week, I want it to overflow from my life into your life so that when you hear it, that you don't lose sight of the why. I'm going to tell you, people are going to try to give you what all the time. They're going to try to dictate your schedule. Coaches are going to do it. Teachers are going to do it. I don't, people at work are going to do it. They're going to tell you all these different what's. But they are not going to be able to give you why. And even as I said, to the extent that you try to find why by digging deeper in yourself, that's also a dead end. That the why comes from God. That you also were made by him to declare his praises. That your life is meant to be a life of worship. It's meant to be a life of a response. For all, because all these things that he's done for me, he's done for you as well. And to the extent that you have lost why in your life, you will be miserable no matter what you are doing. So today as we go into God's word, this is going to be the challenge. This is the challenge of doing a chapter like this because really it's all about who. It's just going to be a bunch of names. But as we look through this, what we are also going to find is the why. We are going to see that God put little things in there, little clues, little Easter eggs, whatever you want to call them, so that the people were constantly reminded, because the who is important. The what, the building of the wall, was also important. 
but the why is most. And so that's what we are going to explore today. And where we're going to start is even before the, the building of the wall, where before we get to Nehemiah, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is important as as we begin, because this truth that, that Paul is sharing to the Christians, early Christians in Corinth, is the same truth that was going on at the time of Nehemiah. And that is that God, on the one hand, was trying to help them see themselves, first of all, corporately, uh, corpus meaning body. And so that they would see themselves as a body and they would be able to see themselves being connected with one another. And so this is something, I know it's hard sometimes on a Sunday morning, it's so much easier for me because I get to look at all of you in the eye. I get to see you, and as I, I stand here, I look at people. You just, you just have to look at me. And so when you do that, you, you are shoulder to shoulder with people, but the reality of it is, is that we come together as a body on Sunday. That's what we do. That's what the church does. It gathers. It comes together. And that's good if you understand the what, but you also need to understand the Why? Why are you here? And to the extent that if you do not understand why, or you have the wrong why, it's going to start to dry up on you. That, that, we're, that coming to the church is going to feel like work. But the why has to do with this, is we've been gathered into one body through Jesus Christ. That we share this common Savior. As Stephen already talked about, with the confession of our sins and the forgiveness, Jesus' death, his resurrection... All of that is the why, because your sins are forgiven. The why, because you have brothers and sisters. We have a common father. We have a a common savior, common brother in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are one. And as we come together, God's church does amazing things. God made us into a body to worship him. And we're going to see these other purposes that he has, but that's the first one. And and in the blank, you can write, God has arranged his church to be one, one in Christ, and to have many different parts. And so what we're going to see as we, we see this leading God's way, we're going to look at this part of it, the fact that God has made different parts, and these different parts are going to do different things at the same time, but yet, at that same time, work together. Now, the, now we get to Nehemiah. And we start with chapter 3. And again, it's a bunch of names and, and places you might not be familiar with. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far, far as the Tower of a Hundred, which they dedicated... And as far, uh, far as the tower of Hananel, the men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. 
Now, to help you out a little bit, I went, and I encourage you to do this. If you want to take the message farther, go to Google and put Wall of Jerusalem Nehemiah. And if you do that, you're probably going to come up with a picture something like this. And so, as you look at it, this is the city of Jerusalem at the time of Nehemiah, uh, uh, probably what it looked like. So, as you, you begin to look at that, it might be surprising to you. It was a little bit to me. It kind of looks like a, a little bit of an ice cream cone. Maybe I was hungry when I thought that. But as you look at it, that you see that long piece or maybe a maraca or something like that. But anyways, as you look at it, this city is built in such a way to keep the why in front of God's people all the time. And the reason why is that place right there, in most cities, you know what that would be? That would be the palace. That would be the place the king lives. That would be the highest place in the city so that when you saw the king, you you would go there for protection and the king would take care of you. That is not what that is. That right there, and specifically right there, is the temple. That is the temple of the city of Jerusalem. And so can you see, in the midst of living there, whether you lived in that city or, or whether you lived around it, that when you look to the, to the hills, when you look to the mountain, the Mount Zion, the, the highest point in that area, what would you see? You would see God. You would be reminded of the why. Why am I here? Because God has brought me here. Why am I protected? Because God is protecting me. Where am I going to run if, if there are going to be uh, place, people that come from other nations? You're going to run to the city and you're going to go through the gates and you're going to go to the place where God can protect you. That's why. But along the way, the people lost the why. And to the extent that they lost that why, they even went through the motions of what? They still, did the, they still did the sacrifices. They still went to church. But when they lost why, they lost their relationship with God. My friends, do not do that. It's possible to be here today doing what? The right thing and, and losing the why. And so, as you're looking at this, the other thing I want to to tell you about is that in the building of this, uh, we're going to get to a moment where it talks about the priests and what they build. They're going to start uh, over on the wall up here, that's the north side, and it's going to talk about the Tower of 100. The Tower of 100, it goes back and forth on why they call it that, but most likely the reason why it was called that is because the, the tower had 100 steps. So to give you an idea, this building project is this, this wall would have been probably, each step would have been roughly 18 inches, maybe, maybe a little bit smaller than that, but it's probably at least 150 feet high. So when you're talking about this building project, don't be thinking about building the brick uh, the wall around your yard that might be six feet tall and just a number of blocks that you lay out. That is not what this is. The second thing I want you to realize is that, that as we look at this, is that right over here, this is where the temple was, and now as they begin beginning the building, notice this is where uh, Eliashib and the priest started, and they started there, and they started with the sheep gate. And then it says, what it, what it says in there too is that they dedicated it. Why, is the, why do you think the sheep gate was near the temple? Because that's where they would bring in the sheep for the sacrifice. 
And so as you look at this, this was so important because now what was supposed to happen in the temple was going to happen. And that was they were going to bring a lamb without blemish or defect. That now the gate was, was ready for that, for that lamb to be brought forward, to be sacrificed. And why was that? For their sin, to show them that to pay for their sin, a lamb was needed, the blood of the lamb. All of this pointing ahead to Jesus. All of this, in the midst of this, pointing to the why. And notice, the words that were used there were dedicated. This was dedicated. The rest of the, the gates, it does not use that word. This was dedicated to God. This was a dedicated place of worship where they would go again and again and say, we are not going to forget this, this place where we have come. And so uh, what we're going to see with the rest of these is it's all going to be, notice, the, the uh, priest, the men of Jericho, Zakur, all of these things we're going to be looking at are, are focusing on that north side of the wall. So let's do the fill-in right now. Every part of a wall project is equally important, is equally important. And Nehemiah starts with the area of special priority because he starts with why. This is all about why. This is about why are we, what are we doing? We're building a wall. Everybody knew that. But why are we doing this? All of this goes back to our relationship with God. And to the extent that you miss that in the building project, people of Israel, to the extent that you miss why we're doing this, you might as well not even be doing it. The what doesn't matter if you miss the why. The next words. Chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hekez, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshullam, son of Berechiah, son of Meshezebel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Boana, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Okay, let's do the fill-in right there. I don't like this fill-in, but I'm giving it to you anyways. And that is, there will always be those who don't want to work. I could have said, thank God there are always those who will want to work. But I was feeling negative this day, evidently. <laughs> and so, there are people, as you look at it, especially the nobles, they did not want to do the what. And my guess is because they did not understand the why. Why would I want to humble myself to do this work? Uh, why am I going to take orders from someone else if I'm a noble? Now, Jack, I think we can do the next one of the wall of what this would have looked like. This is not a wall from the city of Jerusalem, just so you know. This is actually from like a place in uh, England, I think. But the reason why I'm showing you this is so that you can understand what the work of the working on the wall would have looked like. And so... What we are told in chapter 2 is that Nehemiah went on his horse and he went out one of the gates and he went around the city and it was so bad that he couldn't even go from one gate to the other, uh, actually on his donkey, but, but we were told that he couldn't do that because the walls were in such disrepair 
that he couldn't get past it. And this can help you see why. Because when the walls were ripped down, you would have all of this, that, and, and especially in Jerusalem, because it was built on a hill, that, that it would have gone downhill and this would have become an issue. And remember, these people are not professional wall builders. It's not what they did. And so what they would have had to do is come to these places in the wall and, and, and begin this project. Now, when I was in college and at the seminary, all my brothers are plumbers, and every once in a while they would call me on the weekend, usually on projects where they didn't want to rent a backhoe or a skid steer, bobcat, whatever you call it, um, they would not want to pay the extra money to rent a piece of equipment. And so they would call and rent me out for $10 an hour. And usually the jobs that I did looked a lot like this. And so what would happen, for instance, in this, this is the way this would have had to go. And that is the first thing they would have to do is they would each have to get a big basket of some kind. And they would have to fill it with all the, the gravelly stuff that they could not use on the wall anymore. And my guess is what they did is they filled baskets and then in the midst of this, other people would be grabbing stones that could be used and they would throw those off to the side. And so the first part of this is just getting all the garbage out of the way and taking it far enough away so that they could actually do the work. Then, once they did that, then they looked at the, the materials they did have. Then what they would need to do is to see how many more rocks they needed and, and then go and, and find those. The materials were all across the desert, we know that. But they still, someone needed to go get them. And as you begin to understand this, this is manual labor. I mean, this is just, this is work. And as we look at this, in the middle of manual work, I'm just telling you, it's easy to lose. Why? Because when I was with my brothers and we were doing work like this, you know what I kept thinking to myself? This is not worth $10 an hour. This isn't worth it. I, I might as well go be doing something else. The, the why, why was I there? I was there for money. And when things get difficult, when the why is not great enough, that's when people go to lunch and never come back. And they say, you know what? I've had enough. This happens at work, but this happens at church too. This happened here as well, and the reason why, if you lose the why, if you cannot answer the question with a compelling, why am I here and why am I doing this, that the, the work is going to stop. We turn the page. Go to verses 7 and 8. Next to them, repairs were made by men of Gibeon and Mizpah, Malatia of Gibeon and Jordan of Morona, or, uh, Moronoth, places under the authority of the governor of the trans-Euphrates, Uziel, son of Herhiah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section, and Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Now, as we go through this, I was going to have you read this with me so we could butcher the names together. Uh, that, that's probably the, the most difficult part of these because these names aren't familiar to me either. But in this section, the reason why I, I chose this is because we begin to see the different groups of people that are part of this. First of all, notice, repairs were made by men from Gibeon 
and Mizpah. They didn't live here. And, and so when you look at that, the question would be, why should I go build the wall? I don't even live there. And I want you to think about that. It's, wow, I don't want to get into this too soon, but in ministry. Why should I do it? It's not my problem. But when they saw this, the why was compelling because this is the city of God. This is the place where worship takes place. This is the place we will go to sacrifice as well. And for that reason, this is part of our responsibility. The next one, uh, where it talks about places under the authority of the governor of the trans-Euphrates. If you were here the last two times, you've heard about Sanballat. Sanballat was the one who was in charge of the trans-Euphrates, and he was the one that was trying to stop the building of this wall. So now what you had is individuals that were coming from places under different rule that if they found out what they were doing, they would probably have been put under arrest and possibly killed. Why do you do that? Why do individuals do that, risk their lives for something like the building of a wall? Because this isn't about a building of a wall. This is about something more important. This is about God's city. Because God is not building a wall. Hello, here it is, everybody. Spoiler alert. God is not there. They're not there to build a wall. God is there to build a people. Oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, it becomes clear why individuals have no stake in this, have a tremendous stake in this. Here at Crosswalk, God is not here to just build a congregation. He's here to build a people. A people for a specific purpose, which we'll get to in just a moment. In the blank, you can write, although divided into smaller groups, individuals can accomplish more together. Together, everyone accomplishes more, however you want to say it. Uh, But as we look at this, it's noticed there's a division which happens. But even as you look at individuals' names who were here, I guarantee you there were at least a hundred people in each one of these groups. Jack, I don't know if we can go back to the, uh, that slide with the different colors that showed the people who did the work. Yeah, there we go. As you look at this, notice there, there's all these, I hope you can see it from where you're at. Each one of these are a little portion. And what you're going to see is, is some of these are longer sections and some of them are shorter. And as you look at that, that might be confusing on why that is. Uh, And there's a number of different reasons. One of them would have been the number of people. But the other reason is that this, especially in this area, this was like 100 feet down from where they were building. So this was like treacherous work where they were building. And different parts of the wall were, were very difficult. And I have to believe that if these people were anything like us, There was smack talking going on by these people who were building all of this, and these people were going, jeez, we're doing, come on, guys, we're doing like 30 feet a day, and you're doing like three feet a day. What's that all about? And then I'm sure there were jokes about this because, yeah, that's the dung gate. That's, yeah, that's where they would take all the refuse out. And that's why we gave you that part, because it's not that important. Who cares if anyone comes from there? So you can see in the midst of this, they're, they're working, there are different things that are needed to be done. There are groups of people that are, that are smaller and other groups that are larger all doing the work. Again, the, the fill in there was individuals can accomplish more together. 
The next portion is from Nehemiah 3, 28, 29. Above the horse gate, so this is now getting to the end. We've already gone almost all the way around the city. The priest made repairs, each in front of his own house. Next to them, Zadok, son of Immer, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Shemaliah, son of Shekiah, the guard of the east gate, made repairs. Let's do the, the fill-in right away. It makes good sense to let people serve in places that are both close to homes and close to their heart. As you're building that portion of the wall that's right across the street from your house, how, how, how good is good enough? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need this to be the strongest part of the wall, but it can't be the weakest. I don't need it to be the highest point, but it can't be the shortest. Because as, the people, as they come and they see the weaknesses in the wall, that's where they're going to invade. And for that reason, because it's close to my house, it's going to be close to my heart as well. And so as we look at this in ministry, I want to take a step back for a little bit here at Crosswalk. And, and we share, there are a number of things we do. There are a bunch of what's for you to be involved with at Crosswalk. If you go on uh, cwlk.church, our, our website, uh, you, you can go there. And if you go to Live New and look under Opportunities uh, for Service, you're going to find all kinds of different things, and all of them revolve around the purpose, the why our church exists. That we exist, first of all, for worship. That we worship God in what we do. We, we do discipleship. Why? We, we continue to learn. We continue to grow in the faith. We serve. We, we gather together in fellowship, and we reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ. Those are the five things we do. That is what we do. And as you consider the ministries, whether it's a children's ministry, whether it's a worship ministry, whether it's a tech team, I, all of the things you see here, all of the work that is being done, they all have the same why. Why do we do this? It's the same reason why I'm up here preaching. To declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's why. And so, each part of the ministry we do here is so important, it's vitally important. My invitation and my encouragement for you today is to find something that's close to your home or your heart. And, and I don't mean it has to be physically, maybe it is physically close to your home and that's why you have a growth group in it. Yeah. I want it close to my home. I want it in my neighborhood. I want to make a difference. And I understand why, you wonder why we started a second location up in Midtown? Because people who were driving from there said, I want something close to my home too, so that I can invite people who live close to me. And now this ministry, I have a stake in this game, uh, that, that I want to do work in my community. That makes perfect sense to me. I get it. So close to my home, but also then on what's close to my heart. I already told you this. I, when we do the like gift analysis, shape testing, I'm like, I, I am so blessed. I, I'm like doing, I really believe this, doing what I was meant to do, what God created me to do. It doesn't even feel like work. It, it doesn't. It, and, and so I enjoy what I do. I really do. Not every day, 
On those days, I need the bigger why. But, but as you look at, there are things that are close to my heart. And, and teaching you God's word is a big part of that. Recovery ministry is a huge part of that because it's close to my heart. So my question for you today is, what do you care about? What's close to your heart? You need to find that. And, and where it's going to go back to eventually is declaring the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his wonderful light. But then it's going to go to how am I going to do that in a very practical way today? Find it. Pursue it. Let this building project take place in your life. The final words. And this is the big why as well. Luke 10 After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We do this another why. One of the whys is, is the biggest whys to give praise to God. A big why is because he has shared with us who Jesus is, work faith in our hearts, and we want to share that. And there's a reality that, that today we live in a world in which people need this message more now than they ever have. And God is pointing to you who have the why and says, now it's time to do the what. And the what is my work and to find ways to do it. In the blank, you can write, our building project is to reach people with the good news of Jesus and let them know of his forgiveness and love. Our building project is to reach people with the good news of Jesus and to let them know of his forgiveness and love. One more time, I want to apologize to the individuals whose names I butchered uh, during our reading today. And, uh, but those are the names of individuals who understood the why, who God used not only to build his wall, but also to build his kingdom at the time of Nehemiah. And there's going to come a time in a hundred years, in a thousand years, where people will be struggling maybe with your names. And how, how exactly do you say that? Those are weird names. But yet they will be able to look back and say, these are a people that were brought together in one with Christ and in one with us. And even though our names might be forgotten, the work that we do will endure for an eternity. The people that will be blessed by what we do will not only be blessed in this lifetime, but forever. And so my encouragement as you, you live your lives is do not settle for what? Don't. I know your, your schedules are full. That's fine. But what I'm really looking for, and I think God is too, is your hearts be full. Find that Why? Why has God put me here? Why has God given me the, the giftedness that he has? And how can I use this to make an eternal difference in the lives of others that are close to my home and close to my heart? And as you begin to, to, to follow that, the Holy Spirit will guide you and God will be with you and he will fill your heart to overflowing with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord God, we thank you for the building project that you have started in our lives. Uh, you tell us in the book of Peter that we're all living stones uh, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, and each one of us, as we go through this building project, is not just a worker, but we're also being built together into the, your church, into your body, uh, to be used for your glory. Lord, as we go through each day, I don't care what we are doing, help us to ask the questions why, and then help us navigate those waters of why back to you that brings meaning into our lives and meaning into the purpose for which we live and the purpose why we work as a church. Help us always look to Christ, and Lord, continue to work faith in you in our hearts and to show that love in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Uh, wow. Don't lose the why. Uh, that is so important, and God has given us such a strong and compelling why in Jesus Christ. Uh, for today, as you go out from here today, I'm going to ask uh, Chris and his wife, Jamie, Jamie, I forgot you, both of them are, and their sons, and uh, they have family here too. So here's what you guys can do, I think, is there's one tent outside for uh, feed a family, the one next to it, maybe, if you guys want to navigate to that second tent, just so uh, people know who you are, you can say Hi. Go easy. The moving truck came yesterday. So uh, we'll, we'll give them, let them sit down if they need to. Uh, but it is great to have them here. Uh, again, praise the Lord, working together, sharing the gospel. So thankful for that. And now as you go, go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Have a great day.